If you were worried about all the hate that is in the world, that is just this uncontrollable thing happening and you're like, I don't understand humanity. Focus on the comforting things that you know make you smile, make you laugh, make you see representation of a better world. And this is where the comfort media comes in and helps us because I know that there's a few jokes in your favorite show or something that can help you laugh and help you reconnect to the things about humanity that you love. This is the neurodivergent creative. Spicy brains unpacking all the shame. It's time for you to come be creative. With Kaylin Fisher as your host and creative coach, they'll change your approach and tell you a joke to lighten your load and help you along or sing you a song. Hello, my beautiful buttercups. How are you today? I hope that you are doing well and that you are staying hydrated. I'm drinking a seltzer because sometimes you want your water to be fizzy and flavorful. Okay, today I would like to talk about the fact that comfort media is emotional self-care. The reason that especially neurodivergent people tend to go back and rewatch TV shows or movies that we are super familiar with is because we know what's going to happen. It's low stakes. It's low stress. Because yes, even watching media is stressful. Like watching a show or a movie or even like listening to new music, even if it doesn't have like a stressful plot line or subject matter, the fact that we are taking in novel information and we have to pay more attention to it can feel overwhelming. Thus, we turn to the shows that we already know that we love. So my comfort shows are Modern Family and Bob's Burgers. Just comfort shows. Hooray. I know friends who will just kind of like put on some Star Trek in the background. Like, okay, let's just Deep Space Nine just for some noise. Love that. My former roommate, Emily, would listen to episodes of The Office while she was working from home. Like she would just have it on because it felt comforting and familiar to her. So this is a very common thing, I'm pretty sure. And it can also be used like specific in times of increased stress. So you can, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk us through sort of like a, a four part method procedure practice, a four part practice to sort of reconnect with your nervous system with good vibes And this is not like a good vibes only space. Like we don't do toxic positivity here. But when you're feeling super overwhelmed at the state of the world, which right now it's a super stressful time in the world. I'm not, I'm not sure any time isn't, but we've really been inundated with really hard news from like the Israel and Palestine war conflict. I'm not sure what words are describing this, but like the news every single day of just horrendous loss of life, like everywhere. And it's fucking hard. And it's hard to witness. And I'm not in any 
of the affected groups. I'm not Muslim. I'm not Jewish. I am not from Israel. I'm not from Palestine. Okay, we're going to go on like a little tangent first. There's a thing called the the circle theory or like the circle of care or the ring of care, um, which basically... And if you're on YouTube, you're going to see me draw this. And if you're listening, then I'm just going to try really hard to explain it. So like in the center of the ring is the people who are affected by the thing. So like right now, let's say a Jewish person, when they are seeing news about Israel, they are in the center of this. A Palestinian person is in the center. A Muslim person is in the center, or at the very least, like, let's say these are the people who live in the conflict area. This circle here is like immediate family members of affected people. This circle out here. Now we're getting into things like, and these are concentric circles for people who are just listening to the podcast. It's like an innermost core and then concentric circles moving outward. And so Jewish and Muslim people are going to be closer to the inside of this conflict. So like me as a non-Jewish, non-Muslim, I'm not going to go to my Jewish friends and my Muslim friends and say, oh my God, it's so hard for me to hear all this news. They are closer to the conflict because of their spiritual lives, their religion, anti-Semitism running rampant right now, like Islamophobia running rampant right now. This is affecting the entire world, of course, but very specifically Muslim people anywhere in the world, Jewish people anywhere in the world are closer to the center of this conflict than I as a rando white chick am. And so what this circle of care shows us, or I'll find the actual like researcher who started this because it was like this concept was introduced by a specific person. And I want to give them credit for this. So I'm out here in like the sort of outermost circle that includes everybody in the whole wide world. Okay. And what you want to do here is comfort goes in. So comfort goes in means you check in with your Muslim friends. You check in with your Jewish friends. You say, how is this affecting you? How are you doing? Are you taking care of yourself? Like, do you need any help putting together a notice to your boss asking for some time off because you need time off? you know, I don't know, but care goes in. Care goes into the innermost circles. If you want to send, donate money, donate goods, like send some money to Doctors Without Borders, that includes care going into the center of this. Venting comes out. So from the very core, this is people who are being affected by the crisis, people who are maybe on the ground sharing things on social media, people who are there, people who are witnessing really hard traumatic things. And then like, so your Jewish friends or your Muslim friends are here. They can also vent out. And that might be like just to you, you being like right here in this outer circle. Sorry for the podcast listeners. You might want to check on YouTube because I'm drawing a very good, horrible drawing. So we got this concept, right? Like people closest to the conflict, whether being like there in person and living through it or being spiritually part of the groups involved who are now seeing marginalization, bias, like violence. People are being attacked on the street. People are being harassed. 
people are discrimination is the word that I was looking for. People who are being discriminated against because they're in these groups and people are blaming a Jewish person in the U S for like a conflict that is happening on the other side of the world. Like chill, calm down. But also it's a very, very real time that a lot of sensitive people, people who are just want to be aware of what's going on in the world. It's supercharged right now because it's like, you want to say stuff, you see stuff and you're like, that seems plausible, reasonable. So then you share it. And then it's hard. It's really hard to know what to say and how to help. And so this process that I'm going to go through will help you reduce the whelm, right? We can be overwhelmed. We can be underwhelmed. I want you to reduce your whelm. So whether this is something large scale, like big news happening, I know like around trans day of visibility or trans day of remembrance, there's a lot of content and shares and stories going around of violence against trans people. And that's really hard on the trans community. Like, first of all, the victims themselves, and then their families and friends, and then the trans community, and then the queer community at large. And then, you know, this circle keeps going outward and outward. And what you don't want to do is go up to a trans person and say, like, how do you feel about all of the violence against trans people? It's really hard for me to manage. I can't even imagine what it's like for you. You're so close to the situation and blah, blah, blah. You're just like going over and ripping band-aids off of people. We don't want to do that. Um, I saw a post on Reddit the other day where it was like, you know, my son came out as gay. I'm having a hard time with it, but I'm not making that my son's problem was basically the end result of this. Like if your child is queer or whatever the thing is, you don't make them deal with your emotional triage needs. You go out of the circle. You talk to your therapist. You talk to your friends. You talk to whomever. You can't make the person at the center of a loss or a conflict or something traumatic or difficult. You don't go to them to triage your emotional needs about their crisis. That's not helpful and is in fact further violence on them because you are now making them say like, oh no, no, I know you're having a hard day, but deal with me first. Like what? No, I'm sorry. We're not doing it. So that's the theory of like this sort of ring theory of care or the circle of care. And I will indeed uh, get the real credit for that and put it in the show notes. But next, what I want to talk about is how comfort media comes into play in this dewhelming process. I'm going to call it that. That's Caitlin's word of the day, dewhelming, writing it down, dewhelming. Okay. And this happens, or rather comfort media is important for this because we need something that reminds us of like what is good in the world, of things that we love. And so having a repository of comfort media, whether that's shows, whether that's just a folder on Instagram where you save funny videos of animals or really cute things or people who are just really adorable on TikTok and you're like, I just like, I like to follow this person because they make me feel good about myself. You have this sort of easily accessible repository of positive emotional feedback for yourself. So that when life is overwhelming, 
and you can't stand it anymore, and you're like, actually, humanity is terrible, and I can't handle it anymore, then first of all, just feel those feelings. So like step one, feel the feelings. On average, it takes about 90 seconds of presence with an emotion to allow that emotion to sort of filter out. So what happens when we're mad or we're really sad and then we fight with ourselves about it is we're like, oh, but I shouldn't feel mad. I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't I shouldn't be sad about this. This doesn't affect me as much as it affects other people. Only the person who has it the worst in the world is allowed to feel bad today. No, we're not doing pain Olympics. Like we're not doing any of this. You get to be overwhelmed just as much as anybody else gets to be overwhelmed. Everybody has a different threshold and we're not doing math. We're not comparing contrasting. The only thing you need to worry about when it comes to like, well, somebody else has it worse is, are they closer to that center of the crisis, of the loss, of the stress, of the whatever's happening? If they're in the center, then all you have to do is make sure that you're not putting your emotional needs onto them. It doesn't mean that you don't also get to have a bad day. It means that your day just has to go elsewhere, such as to your therapist, such as to your life coach, such as to your group chat with your besties where you all go to vent about stuff. We already have these structures in place. We just don't always run it through the filter of like, which direction does this need to go? So back to the comfort media. Number one, feel your feelings. Just get in there. You can journal them. You can just sort of think, think through them. Just give them a little bit of time and space, dance them out, yell into a pillow, do whatever. And then you want to get back to like a neutral. You want to like dissociate away from the, all those really intense emotions. And I don't mean dissociate like it's, we're going to go like, forget that we exist for 12 hours. I just mean like a little bit of dissociation from that activated state where you are in crisis about humanity sucking, right? Here's what we're going to do. You can do some little, just little tiny things that you can do with your body wherever you are. So one of those is just breathing, like a nice down regulating breath. You want to breathe in through your nose and then exhale twice as long through your mouth. And the longer exhale, what that does is it activates the vagus nerve and starts to re-regulate your nervous system. Let's do it together right now. We're going to breathe in and breathe out. Do that just a few times and you will start to feel calmer. When I do it, I can almost put myself to sleep. It's pretty wild. You can also do bilateral body stimulation, which can be done by like taking something that you can hold in your hand, like a pen, and just moving it from side to side. Like extend your right hand, extend your left hand, just pass it. And what this does is it gets your brain sort of moving from hemisphere to hemisphere so that it sort of breaks up the doom spiral happening because you're so focused on the bilateral stimulation. Now, if you are on the bus or out in public or whatever, and you don't want to just move something like your cell phone from side to side, that's totally fine. You can like pat your thighs, like your lap, just sort of gently tap on your knees, sort of left to right. You can slowly sort of march your feet in place while you're seated. This is seen as just sort of like a nervous tick. Like we all know somebody who does like the nervous leg wobble. This is just doing that a little bit more on purpose. And that bilateral stimulation also helps to regulate your nervous system. And then finally, something that you can do is 
Look at something nearby you and then let your gaze focus on that item and notice how much in your peripheral vision you can notice. And just work on letting in a little bit more and more into your periphery without taking your actual gaze off that one focal point. And that helps you sort of grow your awareness of the space around you and your brain has to stop freaking out for just a minute, just while you do one of those three things. So those are a few very easy ways to dissociate out of an anxious state. I do it when I get like fun little anxiety or panic attacks. Like I'll just do it in bed or I'll start kind of freaking out and my partner will just like hand me my phone or hand me a pen and I'll start passing it from side to side because he knows that that helps me and is very soothing for me. So once we have done those two things, we have felt the feelings, we have acknowledged, I feel really ragey at the world for stuff that's beyond my control and honestly beyond my attention and it's really sad and I'm really scared all the time. Okay, that's great. You just feel all those feelings and then you dissociate out of them. So come back to a neutral by regulating the nervous system. And then what you want to do, so step three is going to be reconnecting to basically the opposite. So if you were worried about all the hate that is in the world, that is just this uncontrollable thing happening and you're like, I don't understand humanity, focus on love, focus on people who take care of animals, right? Like focus on those videos you see where somebody's got a GoPro on their motorcycle and they stop a highway full of traffic so they can pick up a kitten. Focus on the comforting things that you know make you smile, make you laugh, make you see representation of a better world. And this is where the comfort media comes in and helps us because I know that there's a few jokes in your favorite show or something that can help you laugh and help you reconnect to the things about humanity that you love. And as a creative coach, I got to say, a lot of these things are going to come from creative avenues. I love seeing artists who transform pain and overwhelm and really big, really deep emotions, transform them into beautiful art and people who seek examples that humanity is at its core kind and good. Because I have to believe that at our cores, we are good and we are kind and we are made of love because the alternative is not a world that I can really participate in because that's too much. So I'm going to watch my Bob's Burgers and I'm going to reconnect to the fact that life is better when I focus on love. And I know that that sounds a little woo-woo and a little whatever it sounds like. I don't know. If you were like, Caitlin, that sounds like bullshit. Like, okay, it might sound like bullshit. It also might really help you. It also might really help a lot of people in a time where the 24-hour news cycle is destroying us and making us in this constant state of fear about what terrible news is going to break next. And it's exhausting being informed. It really is. And we need to rest We need to rest our nervous systems. And one of the ways that we can do that is by reconnecting to the things that we love, including comfort media. And then step four, once you have sort of refilled your cup of love and you feel a little better, maybe a lot better, from this place, now you can ask, what can I do? What small step can I take? How can I help? How can I help someone? 
So especially if you are really overwhelmed and stressed out and just worried about the conflict in Gaza, what's something I can do? You can share a post. You can donate money. You can check in with a friend who is a really well-informed organizer person and ask them if they need any help organizing something. There are things that you can do that fit within your controllable stuff. Like I can't control governments. I can't make decisions for governments. I can make decisions for me. And perhaps what I will do is donate to Doctors Without Borders to provide medical help for people who are injured and hurt and dying in places where I can't get to to help anybody. And I wouldn't be much help if I could get there because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I can donate some money to people who do. It's harder to get to that conclusion, to that tangible action when you are spiraling about like, oh my God, there's just so much horrible things happening and nothing even matters and nothing that I do could ever make a dent. And it's like, okay, like let that out. Great. And then we're going to just go stare at something for 20 seconds and come back into our nervous system, shake it off, watch some happy squirrel videos or some really cute puppies, reconnect with the fact that life can be good and beautiful, and then ask yourself, what can I do next? That's what I got for you today, guys. I hope that this is helpful. I hope that this is soothing on some level for you. I hope that I have inspired you to go watch your favorite comfort shows. And I believe this episode is coming out the day after Thanksgiving. So you can also use this technique on any family members who say shit at the holidays that gets under your skin. You can just okay, I'm going to feel the feeling. I'm going to rage about the fact that mom made a comment about I've gained 20 pounds since COVID started, blah, blah, blah. I don't even, I don't know what moms are yelling about these days because I don't talk to mine, but I have a feeling it might be weight gain because that's what mine was always focused on. So you can just feel those feelings, be like, oh, what a bitch. Oh my God. And then stare at something, dissociate for a minute, bring it back. Do if you're into like EFT tapping, you can tap it out. I release and let this go. That's okay. Do the deep breathing. And then when you're ready, remember that there is good in the world. Maybe watch some videos of like, I don't know, wholesome mother-daughter experiences. Uh, cute father-daughter moments. Soldiers coming home from deployment and their dogs going nuts. I love those videos. I'm a sucker for those videos. <laughs> I will watch a dog lose its mind in happiness anytime. I will stop what I'm doing to watch a dog be so happy it can't even control itself. And then what can I do from here? Well, you can leave. Honestly, that's my go-to move. Somebody's being a dick to you. You don't have to sit there and just be like, yes, please continue to say mean things. You can leave. You can go home. I know I'm telling you this a day late, but if you're still at your family's house after Thanksgiving or in anticipation of Christmas or any other holidays that you have coming up, It's a whole holiday season out here. Keep in mind, you can go home. That is my gift to you. Okay, I'm going to leave it here. I love you guys. Stay hydrated. Eat your leftovers. And we'll see you next week. 
Thanks for spending this time with me, Neurodivergent Creative. If you would like to harness the absolute audacity to be your brightest, boldest, rebellious, most creative self, I invite you to download the Audacity Bill of Rights available at audacityarchives.com. And this will put you on my email list to get a weekly dose of audacity right to your inbox. I would also love to shout out Ashton Powers, who wrote my opening jingle and is strumming the ukulele right now. And also shout out the Pancake Copycats, who are my podcast and video producers. This team of amazing neurodivergent creatives that I have been able to cultivate is life-changing. Okay, go out there, make some weird art, have the audacity, and stay hydrated. I love you. Bye.